Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. So again, without any further thing here, Mr. Nick, come up and we're ready to hear what you have for us today. Amen? Am I on? All right. Or I can talk loud. I'm Italian. New Jersey is notorious for Italians, isn't it? Yes. I lived in New Jersey. What's that? North Jersey. North, uh, North Jersey, yes. I-, I lived in South Jersey actually for one year many years ago, actually. Lived uh, across the state and right by Atlantic City uh, in Ventnor. They used to have a missionary uh, compound there. And uh, we lived there. But I'm originally from the Potomac district, uh, Virginia, and uh, it's nice to always get back over here to, as they say, the shore, although we're not at the shore, but uh, yeah, I have some family up in Pennsylvania, and they, they call it the shore, not the beach as well. Love that, love it. No, it's a joy to be back here in the area. Uh, I was here just a few months ago over in um, uh, Carney's Point with Pastor Keith Holt. We go back a ways, and I was in... Uh, I know he's a friends with your pastor, and that's where I met your pastor. And uh, then he, uh, pastor, if you're here or listening, uh, uh, if you're listening on recorded version, uh, so good to be in your church, missing you today, hope to uh, see you again soon, and uh, just a joy to be with your people today. But uh, yeah, I was uh, up at Pastor Keith Holtz a few months ago, and got a chance to meet your, pa- your wonderful pastor. I got to add that word in because he is, and so, but it's a joy to be here, and um, my name is Nick uh, Pino. You can say Nick, and uh, that's, that's fine. My father was Nick as well. He's with the Lord now and uh, spent 15 years in Chile, where I grew up, South America. That's where I learned my Espanol, and then I, uh, we transferred fields to Mexico, and I understand there's some people from Mexico here today, so yes, excelente. So uh, we'll be talking about that in just a moment. Um, but uh, the Lord has called me back into missions. He called me a long time ago, and uh, it's been uh, just, a, just a minute ago. Uh, I was 17 at the, uh, at the time he called me. So, you know, it was about like five years ago. Just no. <laughs> no, the Lord had a lot of growing up to me to do, and he still does. I guess the day we stop growing is the day we go to be with him, right? And even then, we'll probably still be growing, you know, all throughout eternity. But... Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to be able to be here. And I want to share with you a song. I, one of the things the Lord's given me is a music ministry. There's a table out in the, the foyer. I don't want you to call it here, the narthex, the foyer. Um, when you want to stop by, take a look at some pictures that are there. Um, but music ministry has been a huge part of what God has given me. My mother said I used to sing in the crib. And she wouldn't even, I wouldn't even want to uh, go out for breakfast. That, that's saying a lot right there. And she's like, no. And I would sing, I love you, Jesus, making up tunes in the crib and then uh, climb down. She put a chair by my crib and so forth. But the Lord has honored that and uh, given me a, a ministry, a love for music and a love for using that to, to honor and glorify him. So be ready to put your hands together. I forgot to put my sombrero on. It doesn't really match my shirt today, but oh well. So there you go. We'll hang it off the back like a true Mexicano, right? Okay. And this is one, you all probably know it. Um, it's a medley, and I put a little bit of English into it to, so you can appreciate the words. But if you're in a Mexican or a Latino church, you're typically going to hear something that sounds like this. 
Cristo Jesús, Él te perdonará, porque una mirada de fe es la que puede salvar al pecador. I found the way and the world has got to hear it. I found the way and it's Jesus my Lord. He gave his blood and he paid for my salvation. He is the only way that satisfies my soul. He gave his blood and he paid for my salvation and yours. He is the only way that satisfies my soul. En español, hay una senda que el mundo no conoce. Hay una senda que yo pude encontrar. En Cristo tengo la salvación de mi alma. Cristo es la senda que me puede salvar. En Cristo tengo la salvación de mi alma. Cristo es la senda que me puede salvar. It's only in Jesus, only in Him, salvation's plan is found in Him. There is no other such friend or brother, only in Jesus, only in Him. Español, solamente en Cristo, solamente en Él, la salvación se encuentra en Él. No hay otro nombre dado a los hombres, solamente en Cristo, solamente en Él. And if you're a Spanish church, you might hear something like this. ¿Quién vive? Who lives? Cristo, Jesus, y a su nombre, to his name, Gloria. No hay otro nombre dado a los hombres, solamente en Cristo, solamente en Él. Jesus. Amen? And that's the message. It never changes. Bear with me a second here. I get dry mouth. Anybody remember the old Gatorade gum? That's, an, that's way back years ago. They used to have Gator gum, and they say it prevents dry mouth. Well, I am not a deep voice. I'm a tenor, so. But the water will take care of that. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got a few slides up there, and I think it's Two slides. I may have more, but we'll see. I actually can go back to the first one. <laughs> uh, this shows you a little bit about where I'm headed in Mexico. I guess the bulletin didn't say what country, but it is Mexico. And uh, I had no idea when I went to the mission committee where I was actually going. <laughs> Don't think that's atypical. My parents didn't either. Um, all you, sometimes you go in and say, look, I just know I'm called. And you might not even know the language, but maybe a region. You know, some people say, well, what burden do you have? What culture do you have? It happens for some, you know, but sometimes just knowing the needs there, you know, and you know that God's called you, you know, is enough. And so I thought at one time God called me to Asia. I went on a trip to China as a teacher, got to see China, beautiful country, beautiful people, just wasn't clicking as I was there. I thought, Lord, I got to go just to feel it out and beautiful people, but not really the tug I was feeling. So then I had a heart for the people that used to be behind the Iron Curtain, which is no longer, praise the Lord, but went to Ukraine 
Love Ukraine. Uh, beautiful people, the food, every, excellent. Connected with a missionary. Something still just wasn't gelling for some reason. And then I was asked to record a Spanish album. I have an English and a Spanish on the table back there. And I think your pastor actually picked one up uh, when he was there up in uh, Carney's Point. So the Spanish album, my brothers are the ones singing actually on that album that you just heard. Uh, and they, we, we did an album a couple years ago, got to go down to the Caribbean and do that. And I thought, Lord, you must be boomeranging me back to Latin America. And some will say, well, it makes sense. You speak Spanish already. Why wouldn't God, wouldn't God? You know, God's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. God can lead. God does. People do go to other cultures. I was actually given some good words of wisdom years ago by Lauren Triplett, who was the former leader of the, the superintendent of our missionary board. He's with the Lord now. And he said to me, Nikki, because I was called Nikki as a boy, said, would you pray as to whether God might lead you elsewhere than the country where you grew up? I took those words under, to heart, and I thought, Lord, I want to be open, because I'd love to go back to Chile. And in fact, they were talking about putting me in Chile. But I wanted to know what's going where God divinely led me, and not just out of nostalgia. Make sense? Because there, you know, God can certainly do that. God can do that. But you want to be where God calls you to be. And man, there's no better place to be than in God's center of God's will. Amen. So anyway, this talks about Mexico, reaching Mexico's last frontier. Believe it or not, Mexico, how many would say Mexico probably gets a lot of missionaries, right? Maybe not during COVID as much, but we have quite a family of missionaries in Mexico. In fact, you've got three of them on your board back there. Carolyn Martin and let's see, Chris and and Julia Buso. I was in college with Chris. We were on the same floor. Um, And then let's see, there was another couple, Noah Lane. Yeah, they're all on my field. They're part of our Mexico, wonderful family in Mexico. Um, but Mexico, this area in the center of Mexico, it's almost like the Lord's reached the, like a donut, but the center is still heavily unevangelized, at least not to the, the fullest. There are some ch- churches, and the city is called Aguas Calientes. You can't see that right there. Say Aguas. Say Calientes. Yeah, I think most of you probably know what that word means, right? Hot water. You better pray for Brother Nick. I'm going to be in hot water. (laughs) And along for a lot of times. No, it's thermal baths. They have the thermal baths. It's a cultural hub. Uh, It's uh, about 1.1 million people. Very touristic. You're going to see a little video in a few minutes. Uh, Wonderful place for tourism, but very much in need of the gospel. There's a high rate of suicide there. It's a university town, an international town. But, uh, and their, their theme, which I'm not knocking Day of the Dead, the Dios de los Muertos, which is a big, big thing. And it's an honor of the ancestry. The thing about Aguas Calientes, I understand, is that it's focused on like 365 days a year. When you focus on the theme of death a lot, think about what that means. Any wonder why there's probably such a high rate of death like that. And at the doors of the city, there is a symbol of death at every door, like they have four doors. So it's a very, so the church that I'm going to go help to plant is called Iglesia Vida, church, life church. Makes sense, doesn't it? Refocus on life. That's what Jesus came to give us. But you know, the enemy does not like us treading on his territory, does he? And he has fought, and he has fought right now. Thank you for praying for my mother. She's actually in the hospital today. She's been fighting with a really bad infection, and um, it does some things with 
even when, when you're at her age, it kind of can mess with your mind a little bit. Somewhat. But she is a woman of prayer. She is a prayer warrior. And the enemy likes to target prayer warriors, doesn't he? So won't you pray as prayer warriors for Ruth? Continue praying. Thank you so much for praying for her today that the Lord will bring her back and restore her uh, fully. Well, um, we're going to uh, watch a little video in just a second. And actually, before we do that, I wanted to... Um, I wanted to invite, I don't know if you have any volunteers that would really come up. I need six volunteers to come up really quick. Yeah, just six. <laughs> and each of you are going to get a little token here. It's a little flashlight. It's a, it's a finger light, okay? And it's got a little rubber band on it. Thank you. There you go. Here's one for you. One for you. One for you, and one for you, and one more. Mary's coming. I don't know if there's a way to, can we turn these dome lights off or no? Can these domes be turned down? Yeah, there's a little rubber band on them, and you put them on your finger. Let's see. There you go. And then, of course, you can turn them on. It just you just like there's a little switch on one of the sides. I think it's on the bottom of it. There you go. Hopefully they all work. <laughs> they used to sell these little flashlights at the party cities and stuff, but they call fall apart, so they don't seem to be selling them anymore. You need some help there. The switch is right there. You go. And you can just hold them. You don't have to put them on your finger. But there you go. Little finger lights. Okay, great. So we have six of them. Okay, one of them has a yellow sticker on it. That's okay if we don't get the lights. That's okay. You, well, if it's all of them, that's fine, just for this, this little part, part. But if not, don't worry about it. Kill them all. <laughs> there you go. Now, it's daytime. There you go. That's perfect. Okay. Now, it's daytime, so the sun's still shining in. But imagine at night what this would look like. How many know that a candle shines brightest in a dark place? Right? Okay. Now, one of them has a yellow sticker on it. Who has the yellow sticker? Okay. The rest of you, turn yours off. There you go. Did you find it? There you go. Okay. So we have one light. Now, imagine what that would be like in a dark room. One light. One out of six. Let's go to the next slide. Stay there. Hold it up. Did you know that in one out of every six, which is right here, in Latin America, that's from Mexico all the way to the tip of South America. Only one person out of six knows Jesus. One light out of six. Something, isn't it? You know, in Mexico, the number is even less. Where I'm going, it's about two or three percent. I already mentioned to you the city where I'm going. So you all get to keep these as souvenirs to remind you that you're a light in a dark place. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Give a hand for them. <laughs> I wear a, bl a black bracelet here. I wanted to get more because sometimes I like to give them out, but I, have, I just have the one I'm wearing. And it says, what about the other five? The other five. What other five? The five besides that one. Mexico and Latin America, I thought, had been evangelized heavily for years. How many of you have thought that? We've got missionaries going. But, you know, our world's population has grown. People have moved. It was a global community, they call it. So the, the need is still there, and it's greater. 
thanks to pandemic, you say, how can we thank God for pandemic for anything? (laughs) But look what it's done to us virtually. How many people are watching churches they never even saw before? Some churches are getting hundreds of people watching online. So the statistics, I'm praying and trusting that they're going to rise, that there will be more people reached. God has ways. God is so, so, so creative. He uses tragedy and turns it into triumph. That's our God. Amen? The scripture that's there on this slide says a verse that we all probably know. Luke 10, chapter 10, verse 2. Therefore he said unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. You've heard that verse before. Every morning, uh, we set an alarm as missionaries for 10.02. And I would encourage, invite you to do the same. Because this verse 10.02, 10.02, when the alarm goes off on your phone, your, your watch, won't you join us in that prayer at that moment? We pray for a minute or longer. Lord, send more laborers into the harvest field. Imagine an army of people praying for more laborers. Perhaps that's you. Not perhaps, it is you and it's me. It may be a different corner of the world, but Lord is sending. Sometimes that which we pray for is the Lord pointing right back at us, isn't he? I heard one time um, President Ashcroft, he's with the Lord now. He used to be our CBC president at Central Bible College and at Evangel as well, where I attended. And um, I got to meet him. He was a wonderful man. He said something very powerful. He said, I am part of the answer to every prayer that I pray. Amen? I am part of the answer to every prayer that I pray. I heard in Spanish one time, somebody would say, get up and pray and go, Oh, Señor, te pido este día que toques a tu pueblo con tu dedo. Lord, I pray this day you'll touch your people with your finger. And he kept praying that over and over again. And finally, one day he's praying. He goes, oh, Señor, te pido que toques tu pueblo con tu... I pray you will touch the people with your... And he stopped. He said, I just realized that that finger is me. Right? So we are the finger of God. So be praying for, for Mexico. Let's watch this little short clip here. You'll see a little bit about Aguas Caliente, the city where I'll be going. And this is my colleague, Sean, who's already there. Aguas Calientes is a city in central Mexico. It's known as El Lugar de Gente Buena, or the place of good people. Uh, The people here are genuinely kind and friendly. It's a beautiful city with many modern advancements here in Mexico. But the spiritual need is so great as this area is considered one of the least evangelized in Latin America. Aguas Calientes has almost a million people with only 20 evangelical churches. But God has led us here to work alongside the Mexican Assemblies of God to prepare church planters and with his help to plant a new church right here in the city. We see this as a strategic church plant, one that will reproduce many more churches in the future, a church that will prepare, equip, and send out workers into the Lord's harvest fields, not only here in Mexico, but to the ends of the earth as well. We're looking for individuals who sincerely love Mexico, who desire to build friendships with the people, who are willing to serve and order to see new communities of faith established. 
We're looking for worship leaders, children's ministry workers, and people with a heart to reach out onto the university campus. And through small groups, explore the questions of life and study the Bible together. Eventually, as a team, we would like to launch a weekly service to begin meeting publicly. You know, our prayer has been that God would give us a burden for a specific place where we could give years of our lives to, a place in need of workers. And so here we are in Aguas Calientes, and we invite you to come and work with us. That's my colleague, Sean. He and his wife, Carolina, they're already there starting the embryo of the church, meeting with people and building relationships with families, sports families, actually, and uh, to birth a group because there are some churches on the outskirts, but this is a different model. It's a middle-class church. Some may think, well, middle-class, wow. I usually think of what demographic when we think of missions? Poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The middle class also need Christ. I've already explained to you the need that's there. So be praying. Let's sing a song together. I was going to do a couple here from here, but one of the things I like to do is to worship with you, the congregation, because you are part of this journey to mission. Without you all, we can't do what we're doing. And I mean that sincerely. My, my folks used to share that too, that my dad said, we are an extension of your church in Mexico. And so we're in this together. The Bible says one plants, one waters. But God gives the increase. And I treasure people like yourselves because of the part you play in praying and giving and sending. You are a dear part of this ministry. So please don't think ever, like you said, un- unworthiness in the prayer time. No, God's using you right from here. And we are so, th- so grateful. So I-, I love to then minister to you as well. And let's sing this song. I understand that you all love it. It says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, there's just something about that name. He's Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance Like the fragrance. 
where you can read where the author is there present with you at the moment. Amen. Kings and kingdoms will pass away, but the name of Jesus will stand forever. And that's why we're here today. Amen. Praise you, God. I've got a song, and then we're going to just share briefly in the word. Uh, uh, This is all the word. Amen. This is a song God gave me. You know, sometimes we get focused. It's personal, God. You can start it. Sometimes we get focused and think, oh, if only I could get a word. And we had a word, wonderful word this morning. But God wants to speak to each of every one of you and me right where we are. We don't have to wait for someone else to give the word because he's the word. He speaks right to your heart. And he will confirm that word to you. Amen. Is it not opening? While he's finding that, let me share. There we go. (laughs) Technology. Love it. Praise you, God. He knows the hairs on your head. I don't have very many of them right now, but (laughs) he knows your name. Thank you, Lord. Who do men say that I am? Holy One, the spotless Lamb, the morning star, the fairest by far, the chosen seed of Abraham. And though all these things are so, there's something that I want to know. say that I am today, not just who I was long ago. It's true, I'm always the same. Yes, he is. But it's you I'm calling by name. Tell me, just where do you stand? 
Just as they say But then they don't know what to do When I violate their point of view They fail to see My sovereignty Allows me to do just as I choose Pay little mind what they do Cause listen For I can speak right to you too How I ever long to reveal Myself to you And show you I am a personal God what you need and I am always near I am never far I long to show you my face to give you my glory and grace for I am a person I am a person just so you Vendré donde tú estás Porque yo sé lo que necesitas Y siempre a tu lado yo voy I long to show you my face To give you my glory and grace For I am a person, I am a person, oh God. Yes, I am a person, I am a person, oh God. I see you and I love you. For I am a person, I am a 
Thank you, Lord. He's personal. He is so personal. We're going to see and look into the word in just a moment here. I got a couple questions for you first, but you're going to see in this message today just how personal our Jesus is and how he was and how he always is. Amen. I ask people when I go to on a mission trip or a mission service such as this one, and you have been so kind and so loving in receiving me, and I'm so grateful. But still, there remains a question, why should I listen to you? <laughs> we got a bunch of people already on the wall in the back. Why should I listen to another one? <laughs> no, I know you guys have been so kind, and you, you, I see the heart of worship that's in this church. It is so wonderful. Um, I can't imagine a church this much into Jesus who doesn't feel his heartbeat. What is his heartbeat? People. People. You must feel it. I see it on your wall back there. But why Nick? Why listen to me? Why listen to any of them? There are four reasons I believe we should listen to God, Father God. uh, And that is, number one, Father God includes us in his mission for the world. He didn't do it by himself. He called us to go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Amen? He called us to go. The second thing is our time, treasure, and talent. Does that sound familiar? Royal Rangers, missionettes. (laughs) Time, talent, and treasure go to the Lord's work, don't they? Our talent also is our abilities, right? The third reason is, a third thing is that time and abilities are often easier to give than our treasure. How many found that to be true? Oftentimes, they say that your walk with the Lord, your spirituality is often reflected in the wallet or in the checkbook or in the credit card bill, right? (laughs) But you also are called to be prayerful and responsible in our giving. You know, sometimes we give and we say, well, we're not to let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. But God also gives us wisdom. Not every need. You know, Dad used to say sometimes we have to be led by the Holy Spirit and not just by the need. There are many needs. Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. And there are many poor, and we should give to the poor. But God also calls us to be stewards. And I take that as a missionary very seriously. Because when a church comes on board and partners with me or other missionaries, I have a responsibility to him first and to you as a church because you want to know that your seed is being planted on good ground. How many would agree? Amen. And you know, when you know that good ground and one of the big keys is communication to stay in touch and let you know, this is what your work, your contribution, what God gave in you, what you sowed, look what God is doing. And God has been faithful. We have testimonies uh, growing up on the mission field myself. This is my first term, by the way. So some are asking, are you going, are you just in town? Are you you know, what you're doing already there. I haven't gone yet. This, I've been on the field as a missionary kid, but not as a missionary going living there. So this is, so I'm sharing with you with the stories, the, the testimonies that I've seen God do in trips and the times I've been on the field. And you've heard many of stories like this before. Um, but I wanted to ask you two questions to, before I share the stories. 
First question, and this is for you to think about. First question, how many of you would like to be able to have more than enough resources to live on yourself and also to share with others? Hands, show of hands. How many of you wish you had enough, to, you want to have enough to live on, but then a surplus? You ever notice that Jesus never did things just enough? What does the word say? Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Sometimes we ask God for just enough. I wonder sometimes if he gives us just enough because we ask that way. You have not because what? Because you ask not. Think about the 5,000. Jesus fed 5,000 plus women and children. So put that, let's say that's 5,000 more each, at least for one kid. At least 15,000 people fed with five loaves and two fish. And Jesus blessed it and gave just enough so every mouth of those people was fed, right? Just enough. 12 12 baskets? Are you sure? Does your Bible say that? 12 basketfuls. I don't even know what size those baskets were, but I can only, I like to think of them about this tall. Yeah, yeah. 12 basketfuls. Why? Because he does things in abundance. That's our God. We sell ourselves so short. Dad used to preach a message of don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. God gives so much more. So, and that's the first question. How many would like, and you already answered that. How many would like to have more than enough and enough to share? And, the, and that was in the Bible too. I think in Acts where the uh, disciples, they had more than enough because they gave of their resources and then there was more than enough. And then second question, how many of you wish you had enough faith to believe God for a greater ability to give, but you don't know how. You don't see how it's, how it's possible. Lord, I've got just enough to pay my bills. I'm paying my tithes, Lord, but golly, money is tight, Lord. I wish I could give to this ministry, that ministry, but I just have just enough. You know, um, but you just don't see. How many, show of hands, how many wish you had faith to, the faith to believe God for a greater ability. I know that feeling because my heart, even though I'm going to the middle class, is with, uh, still with the poor. I still have a heart, and many of you do too, the heart for the poor, the homeless. I taught school for several years in Virginia, and I'd have kids in our church, not a lot, but sometimes would come and be like, Pino, they call me Pino. That was their loving term for me. I wasn't the youth pastor. I was one of the, the side, sidekicks to the youth pastor. They'd be like, Pino, could I stay the night at your house? I'm like, my heart is big, but my head's bigger. You know, I mean, I sign a contract about liabilities and stuff. You know, when you're in ministry and stuff, we've got to have, we've got to be careful, you know? It's the day that we live in. We just can't do that, you know? But my heart would break. I'm like, man, I'm so tired of having my hands tied where I can't bless somebody and help somebody who's truly in need, you know? And I wrote a paper for my master's on how to open a group home, you know, there are some group homes that are, you know, we have Teen Challenge, we got some others, and my heart's been in that. But, you know, I feel that feeling. You ever felt that feeling of there's something I want to do for God, but I just feel like my hands are tied, I don't know how to go about it? Tommy Barnett, who's the pastor in one of our biggest churches out in Phoenix, some of you wonderful ministry. They have the, um, what is the name of the, the Dream Center? Yeah, Matthew, his son, you know, he said these words. He said, 
You know a vision is from God when it's, or a dream is from God when it's bigger than you, when it's bigger than you are. One of our Mexico missionaries who's with the Lord now, he was about my age, passed away suddenly one night with, with a heart attack in bed. Um, but he said something powerful too. He said, I think we're not dream- I'm not dreaming big enough for God's plans. Kind of in reverse. Sometimes, well, we'll just dream just so big because... You know, I don't want to ask God too much. He says, you know, I think God has a bigger plan, a bigger issue, and I need to dream bigger to rise to the occasion with God. Sometimes we need to ask. We need to ask largely. How many would agree? We need to ask God and dream big. Even in COVID, especially in COVID, we need to dream big. And look what God has already done. So God, I would want to challenge you those two questions. What's the answers to these questions? Sow seed. The two ways we've learned to do it, pray and give. And, of course, then go. And that doesn't necessarily mean going out of the country. Right now it's been tough to do that, right? But across the street, the neighborhood, some of you may already be doing this type of thing, helping people that are, we got a ministry in D.C. called um, Urban Outreach. Will Stroman, one of our home missionaries, and they have been. They used to bring teams in trying to reach out to the poor in D.C., but uh, they've been, you know, not able to do that, not able to house them. But they've had an overflow of people that are coming in now to get food and clothing. And there's other churches the same way in this district, probably the same thing. And God has brought in pallets. I've watched pallets of food from the the uh, USDA. The, 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 the yeah, food, but from the government, the Department of Agriculture, they have just poured in all kinds of pallets of food to them, freezers, refrigerators, supplies. That ministry used to be in the red. God has used Brother Will to bring that back into the black and then beyond. It is just, again, one of those signs of God does it abundantly above what we ask. Isn't that great? Because when you're putting yourself in the center of God's will and you put yourself in line, he's going to do it. It's his job to provide but we just got to get ourselves lined up and trust. Amen? So we pray and we give. Testimonies of prayer besides that. Um, my parents went to Zion Bible Institute. Anybody familiar with that one? It's called North Point now. Up in, it used to be in Rhode Island. I keep doing the glasses. These aren't just reading glasses. They're not. <laughs> I only use them for reading. But, um, uh, well, I'm starting to use them for other things too. <laughs> um, they would go to Zion. And Zion was a faith school. It was founded on faith. Mom got to Zion, and she got there, and uh, they would call home. Like, Mom, Dad, I need some extra funds. The principal, Sister Campbell, one day got up and said, I understand some of you students are calling home to get resources. That's going to stop right now. <laughs> I said, whoa, what's this mean? The Lord is your father, and he knows your needs. And you're going to go to the prayer room, and we're going to have prayer meeting, and you're going to see the Lord provide your needs. And even toothbrushes and toothpaste and all these. And mom's like, wow, this is really deeper faith than I'm used to. Didn't the Lord provide? Oh, my goodness, he provided for those people. What a lesson in faith. Amen? Wow. I think all of us need to learn a level of faith like that, don't we? There'd be days where they would get like a Tuesday, a meatless Tuesday, and they'd get like maybe beans and rice and so forth. And one of the students goes, oh, boy, we're going to have a prayer meeting tonight. It's meatless Tuesday. We're out of food. (laughs) 
And sure enough, they'd be praying all night in the, pre- in, the, in the chapel. The students go to pray. And then a truck pulls into the Zion Bible Institute with food. Yeah, that, those kinds of stories need to happen for all of us. Amen. You may know of stories like this. You, some of you have been around a while. You know, I've been around a while. I'm not going to point fingers here. You, but the stories of faith and young people too. The young, we're all young people. Okay. Uh, God does these types of things still in our day. Do you believe he does still these, these kinds of miracles? He does. In Mexico and in other countries, there's places where God's their only doctor. They'll come to services every night and be like, Jesus, I'm going to trust you to heal me. God heals because they don't have the resources. You know what? I think we get a little lenient on our, leaning on our resources, don't we? we? It's very easy to do that. I'm not saying God doesn't want us to have insurance and all those things, but God wants us to lean on him. He's our father. He's our father. He's a good father. Amen. And then testimonies of giving. Are these encouraging, these stories? You know, there's something about storytelling. Jesus, that's what he did, right? Um, when I was a youth pastor, I was in Pennsylvania for a while, about three years, uh, and I've been in youth ministry for many years. But I had just gotten, you know, I was, I was raw, fresh, out of the trenches, and I come in, and I, it was like November. The Pendle District said, okay, um, we need to have a goal for your Speed the Light people, the young people raising money for missions. So set your goal, and, you know, and I just came in, so I was like, well, I don't know, maybe 3000 you know, for the year. I think we can divide that by 12. You know, we can, it's manageable. A few months later, it was the youth conference, the youth convention they do every year. Doug Sayers, anybody know Doug Sayers? No, that's the other district over. <laughs> he was the DYD, the district youth director for many years. Excuse me, he's actually a colleague now. He just became a point of missionary as well. But uh, Doug used to lead those. And so I went there in that, by April. And so we're standing there, the youth uh, the national uh, Speed the Light director speaking, and he challenges us to raise our goal, to do something about, you know, pray about your goal, the goal that you've set for Speed the Light and missions and everything. And I'm there praying, and I suddenly hear the Lord say, I want you to raise your goal. Okay, Lord, I'm new at this. By how much? $5,000 more. That's more than double, or well, that's almost double of what beyond what I'd already said. I was like, Lord, I need a, I need a sign. <laughs> so I got the kids in the bleachers behind me in my youth group. I said, Lord, I'm going to turn around and talk to these kids. I'm going to tell them what you said, but I'm not going to say the amount. And I want to know that you you confirm it through them. Sometimes we need that. I turn around. I said, guys, this is what the Lord has said, but I'm not going to say the amount. First girl raises her hand. She says $5,000. Confirmation, confirmation right away. Those kids worked that year. They raised their money. They took their little Pringles cans to school. They used to do the Pringles cans and raising money. You all know what I'm talking about. Um, that's been a while back. They worked. They did it. They got in their heart. Vision is something we, it's cast, isn't it? But we live it and we pass it on. And they catch it. How cool is that? That's what we need, our next generation, to catch the vision. And they are. They are catching it. You know, so they did. Now, they didn't quite hit the 8,000, but they say, shoot for the moon, and you'll land 
among the stars. They came around 7,000. Praise the Lord. Amen. Those kids used to get plaques on the wall. It's not about a plaque, but they need those kinds of motivators. They hadn't had a plaque maybe for a couple years. It's not about Nick. It's about what the Lord does. It's about the faith. It's God was the one who spoke it into my heart. It's God did it all, you know, and they did. That's a testimony of what happens when you give. Churches that give to missions. It's not because I'm standing here. It's the truth. When you give to what is beating God's heart, God is going to bless you. When your heart is after God's, God is going to make the way. Amen? So whether it's me you're giving to, sure, I'm here asking money for money. I'm going to be straight. (laughs) That's what I'm here. But because there's a reason, there's a cause. There's people dying in Aguascalientes who don't have the truth. They have a twisted form of the truth. They've got uh, some of the... Uh, cultic things going on too. There are witches in in Mexico. There are witches in the States. They're everywhere. I can tell you stories that will make your toenails curl about some of the witchcraft things that happens in parts of of, of Mexico and other parts of Latin America. Uh, But God works. God is saving them. So what you're doing, don't think for a second it's not mattering. God's going to thank you. Like that old song says, thank you for giving to the Lord. So I challenge you to that. William Carey, uh, the, event, the old missionary uh, from India years ago, heard of William Carey? Hero of the faith. He said, attempt great things for God and then expect great things from God. Great things. We've been talking about that all this time, haven't we? About dream bigger Expect great things from God, but attempt great things for God. Amen? Amen. This isn't even just about Nick here. This is about all of us being apart and jumping on the boat, jumping on the bus with God and doing great things. Maybe God has perthed an idea in your head, in your heart. Says, oh, if only we had this kind of a ministry. Maybe you're the one God's calling to do that ministry. Who better? Oh, I could never do that. I'm not a public speaker. What did Moses say? I can't speak, you know? He'd been trained in speaking. That didn't stop God, and that won't stop you. It won't stop you or God together. You and God make up the majority, amen? Amen. Well, I'm probably about exhausted my time, but I'm going to, in the quick few minutes here, I'm going to nutshell what my message was about. We can slip through the slides if you want to, but turn to the, go ahead and slip to the second slide. This passage is out of John chapter 5. We know the story. The story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. Who's heard that story before? How long was he sick? You said it with the perfect tone of voice. 38 years. That's a long time to be agonizing, isn't it? Whether it's financial, physical, It's not clear if he was at the pool for 38, but he was sick for 38 years. Why was he sick for 38 years? Why would God let somebody be sick that long? Sometimes we stand in the way, don't we? But the good news about this, the song I just sang, a personal God, God was personal to this man no matter how long he had been sick. Hallelujah. Whatever you're dealing with, it doesn't matter how long you've been sick or how long you've suffered or someone you know, God is not thwarted. He has an appointment with you today. 
here or even throughout this week, God is not stopped by 38 years. Amen? Crowds of people, it says, came to this pool. Why were they there? Interact with me. Waiting for the angel to... Why would he stir the water? Why does that matter? It's almost like... Think about it. First one in, it's almost like the early bird gets the... You know, that, that sounds like a terrible analogy, right? But think about it. This guy is lying by the pool, and there's another person who's sick over here. Well, you think that another person is going to go ahead and bother with this guy, or is he going to jump in first? Yeah. It's kind of like that, that old show Survivor, right? It's like, sorry, Charlie. <laughs> you can dive in on your own. I'm going to do it myself, okay? We're human. And they would get in the pool. And so go to the next slide. Okay, and Jesus shows up, his appointment, right? He shows up to this man, and he says, what does Jesus ask him? Okay, where is the man standing or, or lying? In our today's day and age, you'd be like, um, I'm here. Why would you ask me, would I like to get well? Yeah, I'm here at the, but he didn't do that, right? Why would Jesus even ask him that question? 38 years, remember, he asks him, would you like to get well? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves, am I happy in my misery or do I really want to be well? Think about a person comes out of prison. How many times have prisoners come out and then they end up right back in? It's not just because they will have crime. It's because they found a comfortable place, even though it's a miserable place, Right? They got accustomed. We don't know. This man may have gotten accustomed to his routine. After 38 years, I think I can understand that, right? So the sir, does he say back to him, yes, I want to get well, or what does he say? He tells him the reasons why he can't. My mom used to say to us, can't never did anything. (laughs) Can't. I can't because I have no one to put me in. So he was saying, I can't, and he's saying, here's why. No one can help me. Jesus didn't ask him that. He asked him, do you want to be well? Why would the man do that? How many ways did this man know of to get healed? There are people today who think I move in only one way, just like that song said, one way. We don't know why that's all he saw. That's all he knew. You're only responsible for what you know, right? You can't fault somebody for what they don't know. That's why Jesus is here. And what does Jesus do? And the man, man, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. He didn't answer this man's question. He just said, do it. He gave him a command. The blessing of the Lord is a commandment. Amen? Keep going. This next slide. He had a need, number one. His need was... Healing, that was his why, okay? Second thing, he had blocks to his healing. First block, okay? Say no sense of urgency. Well, 38 years, been there quite a while. You know, we don't know, you know? I don't know about you, but if I'd been that guy, I'd roll. (laughs) I'd find some way to get over to the pool. (laughs) Exactly. You know, maybe he didn't have the energy. Maybe his muscles had atrophied. He may have been just so desperate. I, 
I don't have any other way to do it. Next one. What's the other block? His limited perspective. He knew of one way to get healed. Next slide. The cure. That's what we want. I already said Jesus commanded it. When else did Jesus command something? Many times. How about the wedding of Cana? He said, yeah, fill the pitchers. His mother said, just do what he tells you. Just do it. Another man knew about Jesus when he said, just do this. The centurion, right? That, that Roman centurion, he said, I'm a man under authority. I think the passage, there you go. And he said, Lord, I am not worthy you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. He understood authority. There's something in the voice of Jesus. You know it, don't you? There's something in the authority of the voice of Jesus and something that happened that day with that man at the pool that he encountered the authority of Jesus. When Jesus said, rise, take up your bed, it wasn't just somebody, okay, just rise. No, he knew who this was. Somehow he must have known because he did it. After 38 years, that's a miracle. Amen? Go to the next slide. Mary said, just do it. I don't think she wore Nike, but... (laughs) But I could see her wearing Nike because it said, just do it. Next slide. Next one. Keep going. And the man had a choice. He chose to do it, to obey. Hallelujah. And we have that choice. When God says, here it is, go for it. God's miracle is waiting for you and me. Next one. And there he is. I didn't take these pictures of that man, by the way. I'm not that old. <laughs> he rose, wonderful, I found these pictures, uh, took up his bed and walked. I want to ask you this in closing, and I'm going to sing a song um, if there's time. Um, I want to beat the Baptist to the restaurants, right? <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, Jesus asked him to do three things. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. If you've ever been in a healing service, you may have seen or heard of these stories. Someone will pray someone in the in a wheelchair or somebody is having backaches and they'll pray and they'll say, okay, now try to move that, right? Or try to stand or try like Oral Roberts, um, uh, Schombach, some of the other preachers that have prayed for healing um, in the old days. Why would Jesus ask him to take up his bed? He doesn't need it anymore. Think about it, too. The religious leaders were there, so there's part of it. The Sabbath, Jesus had a gift of setting off the religious leaders, right? I think he still does. Other kinds of leaders, too. (laughs) When we're doing God's work, there's a world out there that's not applauding, right? That's the price of freedom, right? But, yeah, he said, what's your name? John, yes. Rise, take up your bed. He didn't need the bed anymore. Remember what we said earlier? There's a, there's an, there can become a, a place of complacency. That bed becomes miserable, kind of like, it's a terrible analogy, Lord. Kind of like a baby's diaper. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's out there now. You know, it's comfortable, you know? You know, it's not a place they want to stay, but it's just, I'm sorry. I know that's a horrible comparison, but, you know, it's just kind of, Stuck there. But think about it. The misery of, of, of the pain that he was in. I'm comfortable here. You know, delete that from the recording. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, he's stuck there and he's, he's cozy there. 
But he's now gotten up. He doesn't need the bed anymore. But what else? Jesus, he said, walk. Is he going to just walk around the pool? Where's he going? Yes. He has a purpose. Say purpose. Jesus doesn't heal us and raise us just so we'll stand around or sit around and sing kumbaya. He says, take it up your bed and walk. Why? Because I got a purpose beyond this pool for you. Hallelujah. God doesn't heal us and save us just to sit. He saves us so we'll go back out. Have you ever seen a per- sick person, gets, they get touched, prayed for, healed, and then they're back in the same? Stories of people go right back to the wheelchair. There's just something about the faith that just, just like, I got to step out. I got to know what God, God's going to lead you to something else besides that. I just realized I had the clicker and I forgot. <laughs> Rise, take up your bed. In church, I want to challenge you. God's calling us to rise. Take up our bed of comfort and walk into his purpose. Amen? And that hopefully you see the connection with all we just talked about. God's calling us to bigger. He's calling us to better. His bigger doesn't always look like ours. It may not look the way you think it's going to look, but it's his big purpose. And he's calling us to step, raise, raise our level of faith. And grow our faith. Even if our faith is here, he will grow it. But we just got to step out. We've got to rise and take up our bed. Amen? Praise God. Let me share this last song, and then I'm going to invite you to come back up. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11, a really well-known verse. says, I know the plans that I have for you. Wait and see what he has for you. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm. They're plans to give you hope and a future. Wait until you see the plans I have for you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and I set you apart as a light unto the nations. My thoughts toward you are precious, they are numbered more than sand. I have chosen and ordained you to become my outstretched hand. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. Wait until you see the plans I have for you. Jesus said this, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim the captives free, to open wide the prison doors and make the blind to see. Yes, he knows the plans he has for me and for you as well. Plans to prosper and not to harm me. The plans to give me hope and a future. Wait until you see the plans he has for me. This applies to all of us. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. Their plans to give you a hope and a future. Wait until you see my plans for you. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm. The plans to give you hope and a future. Wait until you see the plans I have for you. Wait until you see the plans he has for you. Yes, Lord. You have a plan for us, Lord God. It's for good, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you for having me this morning. God bless you as you give and as you serve him. Amen. All right, Nick, don't go anywhere. <laughs> How many were blessed this morning by Brother Nick? Amen. Amen. Word, God always gives the right word at the right time, right? I just enjoyed so much um, your ministry this morning. You have an awesome voice. God has gifted you with that. And thank you so much for just um, being here. We're going to pray over our brother Nick. Um, and uh, after that, I'll dismiss you guys. But just remember to be continuing to pray for brother Nick and all of our missionaries. Like brother Nick said, you know, we are part. We may not be able to go, and some of us may. It's, that's totally up between you and God. <laughs> but our part right now is to pray and to give. And we get the honor and the privilege to hear that. You know, guys, I love missionaries. I love missionaries, and I love having all of you, you know, come to the church and tell us what's going on all over the world. Um, so it's our privilege to be able to pray over you guys and to be able to help send you, you know, to where God has called you. And, and we know that God is going to use you in a great way. So let everybody just reach out a hand to our brother. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to be, a, be able to meet another one of your servants, Lord Jesus, and be able to um, pray over him and just um, 
pour, Lord God, a blessing into his life also this morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for the word that he shared that was, again, so timely. I pray, God, that it touched hearts in this house today, Lord God, and was able to encourage. And I pray, Lord God, whoever watches online, Lord God, will be able to take um, his, the word that you gave him today and just be blessed and be able to move forward in you, Lord God, because you said to trust you, Lord Jesus. And I know that's what our brother has been doing, Lord God, his whole entire life, Lord Jesus. So I pray that you just continue to pour out your blessings upon him, Lord God, as he trusts in you. We know, God, that you're going to provide all that he needs to be able to get onto the field as soon as um, it is your timing, Lord Jesus. We know that will be perfect, Lord God, because it is your time. And I pray, Lord God, for um, continued strength and peace, Lord Jesus. Um, fill him up with all he needs and even more. Because, Lord, um, we were reminded that we need to pray for even more, Lord God, because you promise to give us over an abundance, Lord God, of what we can even think or even imagine, Lord Jesus. So thank you, God, for our brother. Um, just continue to um, pour everything into him, Lord Jesus, so he can be an overflow, Lord God, to those people in Mexico that need you so desperately, Lord Jesus, in a place, Lord God, that um, is, is overrun with evil, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that as he goes in, that life, Lord Jesus, will just be starting to pour into those people that he's able to come in contact with and his partner and um, his wife that's already there, Lord God. Bless them and help them, Lord Jesus, to um, speak into everybody's uh, hearts that they come in contact with to prepare that um, soil already before Brother Nick even gets there, Lord Jesus. We pray, God, for the um, church to be able to be built up, Lord, and many people um, just be saved, Lord Jesus, because of what you're doing through um, this man's heart, Lord God, and, and the missionaries that are already there, Lord. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you again for our brother. Um, we love you. We praise you in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Brother Nick, I'm going to send you out to your table because I'm yes. sure everybody wants to talk with you, okay? And again, just everybody, let's give Brother Nick a, a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. All right, and before we go, um, I just wanted to say to everybody online, um, like Brother Nick said, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And all you have to do is ask him to come into your life. And he will help you. He loves you. Everybody here knows that already. And we love you. So, like I said, if you want to say that prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I know I'm a sinner, Lord Jesus, but you love me anyway. And you want to make me a new person, Lord Jesus. Forgive me, Lord God. And help me from this day, Lord God, just to live in you and to take those steps, little by little, growing in you daily, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for anyone that may have said that prayer, Lord. I pray that you would just bless them and help them to continue to grow in you, Lord Jesus, and to know that they are greatly loved, and have a great purpose and a great plan, Lord Jesus, because you created them. And I pray, Lord God, for the people in our church today. I pray, God, that you will just continue to help them, Lord Jesus, to live out their purpose every day. 
Help them to know, God, that you rise us up every day, Lord Jesus, to go out and to share the hope that you've given us so others, Lord God, can feel that too. So help us not to, like we said at the beginning of this service, not to live a defeated life because if we have you in our heart, we are carrying around that victory. So thank you, Jesus, for again um, being our victory and just being with us always. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean, Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.